right. Hi, everyone. Um, so pretty excited today. Got a, a very um, distinguished member of the Supercoach community uh, to back on the show. Um, he, he needs very little introduction. Uh, Wilfred Flash Catfish, welcome. Hey, uh, it's good to be back. Always enjoyed chatting Supercoach with you. It's always good fun. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you back on. Um, so you're having a pretty good year, right? Like maybe one of your best years since since your championship year. Uh, well, I, I guess top three since my championship year. I've had a couple of years where I was managed to get in the top 500 or so. But yeah, okay. Yeah, it's been like definitely the last two years, not so good. So sitting right now, a thousand and fourth, um, just one point outside the top one, 1K. Yeah, and right. Well, that's that's pretty excellent. Coming into the buys, you know, opportunity to make a bit of ground up there. Still, still very much right in the mix. I'm not, I'm not that far behind you, but it sounds worse. Like I'm just inside the top three thousand. Yep. Um. So it's probably like a couple yeah. hundred points, maybe, maybe not even that I much. I don't even know if it's that much because I, I feel like I was looking maybe two, three weeks ago. Like you were probably where I was, and we we swapped pretty much in the space of two weeks. So it's hardly any points, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I want to talk to you today about is, is obviously like, you know, we're all preparing for the, for the first buy round, round 13. Um, so I want to see how you're going for that and what your kind of strategy is for that and, and, and probably more broadly what your strategy is for the buyers and trades are in general. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's what I want to get into mostly today. So how many trades have you got left? So right now, um, pre-trades this round, I've got 21. And I've still got two boosts as well. 21 and two boosts. So I think that's pretty similar to me. I've got 20 and one boost. Um, Which makes sense. <laughs> you got one less trade than me. One yeah, yeah, boost. that's right. That's right. Although, like, I, I did save a few at the beginning. So, like, yeah, it doesn't, it hasn't always worked out that way. Um, okay. And, and what are your thoughts? So, like, like, how many do you reckon you've got for 13 at the moment? How many so right now, uh, just, I might as well just run through. So I've got Tom Starling at hooker. I've got Pangai and Max King at front row forward in the second row. So I've actually got Ewan Aitken and Bo Firma and Isaac Targo currently sitting in my second row. I've also got uh, Harry Rushton from the Raiders as a long story behind that. He's not why he's not someone I wanted in my team, but he's there right now. So I'm crossing my fingers he shows up next week. Yep. Uh, in the halves, I have no round 13 coverage. So I've got Cleary, Hines, Munster, and Ilias at the moment. Mm-hmm. Then in the back line, I've got Taylor May, Swali, Tui Pulotu. I do have Burbo, um, which again, crossing my fingers, he shows up. And I've got Cooler there as well, but he'll probably move to fullback this week when I trade out Tommy Turbo. And I'm, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. I will be getting Jacob Carras this week, so he's locked in for one of my trades. Yeah, yeah. So that's so I'm sitting you- at around 10 to 12 ish depending on how many again like if russian and burbo play that'll add another two yeah right okay that's very similar to me i'm I, like i'm gonna get karaz i'm doing I'm doing turbo to karaz this week me too <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's gonna be, i mean i've also got billy smith which i've got my fingers and toes crossed that he's gonna get a run yep. i've got vilea um i think i've got all the guys you mentioned I've got Cotter, so we don't know what's going to happen with him. I've got Ola Kawatu, yep. but I don't have I don't have Aitken, and I don't have TPJ. But I'm thinking about bringing Tarpany in, so it's going to be similar. I think around about 13, 13, well, twelve, thirteen at the moment, and then see what happens next week. So, I guess 
I mean, I know you guys talked a bit last week on your show about like kind of key guys to get in for round 13. I mean, my my big thing that, that when I look at this team, like I'm the same in the sense that I've got, as you said, those four guys in the halves who I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to trade any of those guys out. Um, I've got Grant and Cook in at hookup. I think I'm just going to leave them there. Um, I mean, Cook theoretically, you know, maybe you could you could trade him to someone. But, um, yeah, like, it just strikes me that, that those origin players are so much better than all the other guys in those positions that it's not worth trading them out for one week. Like, so, you know, like, I, I, I've just gone through all the guys that I've got, 12, 13. The guy that I'm most interested in for next week is probably Joe Manu. Yep. Um, I just think he's an absolute must-have and a beast. But apart from that, like, I might only make the one trade next week. Which sounds crazy, right? Because you would never yeah. have thought in a buy round you'd only make one trade. That's and right. I'm not too far off that. I'm like I said, Joey Manu is definitely on my radar. I'm, he's he might be my second trade this week. I just uh, like you know, I, I want to keep my options open. It probably is a little bit risky bringing him in a week early, but you know, Manu is relatively durable at this stage. Touch wood, please don't do anything to Joey Manu there. <laughs> but I do think he, uh, he like he's literally one of the best captaincy options for next week. You know, playing fullback, we know he's an absolute beast there for super coach. And in the NRL too, and he's got. You know, I mean, the Raiders are better lately, but they're still pretty susceptible to fullbacks. So, uh, I think Manu is as close to a must that you can get for around thirteen. I've also got my eye on uh, Drinkwater too. So, you know, this this unfortunate injury to Carl Felt has probably locked up his position a little bit. I think he's likely to, you know, actually play eighty minutes every week. He'll obviously cover around thirteen. And just the draw for the Cowboys over this origin period is quite favorable. So I'm looking at um, Ilias Tadrinki next week as one of my trades as well. So, yeah, obviously Lolo, you know, in, in on our podcast we had that chat and I was saying Lolo's probably one of the guys I'm more worried about, but actually I'm not as worried now because of the injury. If he's coming back off, you know, rushing back from this MCL injury, he's probably not 100%. So as, as a non-Lolo owner, I'm probably going to be skipping him and still be a bit nervous watching him play. But I think it'll be from a risk reward standpoint, I think I'll, I'll hold off on getting him in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be surprised if he plays, to be honest, they play, on the, they play on the Thursday night. So he doesn't have a lot of time between now and then to, to recover. So, oh, you know, Lola has been a disaster for me. I got him right before he started getting rested and all the rest of it. Um, and now he's sitting on my bench. So I'm, I'm having to consider this week, whether I, just I played Max King in my 17 or if I splurge with my um, Tom Trebojevic money yep. and like get in like a TPJ or a Tarpany. Mm-hmm. But like TPJ, getting him a week early just fills me with, you know, like. Absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I didn't have him already because I, I think I got, I must have gotten Panga the week you got Lolo. So, you know, I was very nervous. I was 50-50 on the two and I went with Panga just because. I looked at Lolo's round 11 and 12 matchups and I'm just like, oh, he might play big minutes, but both those teams are pretty good at keeping, you know, all players generally lower mm-hmm. in their super coach scoring. So I was like, look, I'll, I'll just skip it. I'll wait for round 13. Went the Panga route and, you know, he got benched and, and he's still on the bench at the moment. It seems like it probably doesn't really matter for him super coach wise. He's still going to get decent minutes, it seems. But I'm a little bit nervous about it, I have to say. I think 
uh, as a as someone who has Panga already, I wouldn't be going out saying, "Look, you got to get him in." <laughs> That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been scoring all that well. His scores have been sort of a bit up and down, and he's just that liability all the time, right? Like, so yeah. Anyway, so maybe the the play is just to play Max King for a week and then and then wait and see what happens. But I, I notoriously don't have the patience to do things like that. More points <laughs> now. Max King, n- named on the edge, right? So. I mean, surely he's just playing lock, and Jackson will play the edge. You think? You think so? But like, if he plays the edge, that's even worse for him, I think, because I'm not convinced he gets 80 minutes out in the edge, and no, his PPM will be down. So like, he could definitely throw up a 20 if he does actually play on the edge. So, I guess the yeah. question is: is you know, who would you trade in? Like, would you feel comfortable with Tarpany? Well, he's been very solid. He's yeah. solid. He's dual. Perhaps he'll be out in round 13, so he should get good minutes in round 13. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be pretty comfortable having him as sort of a backup prop for the rest of the year. So I think he could just stay there as your third prop. But and with he, the team they've got this week, it's actually pretty good. I mean, uh, assuming that's what Sticky rolls out with, you know, a bench hooker and also a bench outside back too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, the thing with him is he's actually pretty injury prone. So knowing my luck at the moment, he'll just go out and get injured straight away and then not play <laughs> next week. That's it. Um, so that's, you know, that's always the the problem with going early. I mean, you mentioned Manu going early on, on Manu. I mean, how much of a disaster would it be if he got injured this week? He is durable, though. He's much more durable than Tarpany has been. Yeah, like his um, injury history is pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously last... Last season, he did get his jaw broken. His face got broken <laughs> when, by Latrell. I was about to say, when Latrell's not breaking his face. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> but overall, like, he, he's not really been one to have many weeks off previous to that. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling more comfortable with the Manu trade-in at this stage. I just got to decide if I want to do it this week or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned Drinkwater. I mean, look, he's certainly going very well. I, I still don't know if I trust him. Like, yeah. I can still see him throwing in, like, 20-point games. Um, but I mean, they're flying. He seems to be getting attacking stats every game. He's got his hands on the ball a lot, you know, um, I do like him as a trade in and he'll be a little bit cheaper next week. I'm guessing what's his, he's got a high-ish break even, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like 110 or just around that. And against obviously the Panthers. Yeah. So I think for me, like if he can still somehow score 40 to 45 against the Panthers after scoring 60 against the Storm. I reckon, you know, that, that's that's as close as matchup proof as you're gonna get this season. Yeah, yeah. And he's that he's got that dual flexibility I just need to think about. Okay, so so how about this? What about how do you feel about Garrick now that drink sorry, now that the turbo's injured? Does that yeah, change look, anything for you with Garrick? A, a little bit. I, I have to say, you know, I don't think he's gonna go as well overall, but when I look back at it, he's actually not been too bad. Like Across, you know, it's a very small sample size. So three games last year playing fullback uh, and he scored, what, 106 and he had a 51 and then a 78. So really not too bad from those three scores. And so far from what we've seen this uh, so far this year, when he's filled in, he's, he's gone pretty well as well. I think, you know, 76, 80 and 50. So he's definitely not going to have the same ceiling as obviously playing wing when Turbo's there, but... As his trade in, like he probably could still match what his price tag is. Like six fifty two thousand is not cheap, but if he's able to, like, so I mean, from his three games this year, currently ad- averaging about sixty nine. From his three games last year, would have averaged about seventy eight. So, you know, it's not too bad, and he sounds like he could still be a top six seven center wing for the rest of the season. 
yeah, yeah. That's kind of exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, I'm actually, I don't have him, so I'm actually less worried about not having him, given that that he's playing at fullback rather than the wing, because I think his ceiling is capped. Yep. Um, he's less likely to kind of you know score a triple and score 120 or 150. Yep. Um, but his base is probably higher, so his, his low score is probably higher than what it would be. And his average You're very safe be, option, basically, yeah. Yeah, he becomes a very safe option with the goal kicking and, and probably a slightly better work rate at fullback. You know, you'd think he'd get you kind of that 50 every week, which is, you know, that's nice to have in the center wing. But he, I think he's, it's less of a kind of rush to get him in because he's probably not going to blow you away. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting comparison yeah. with someone like Drinkwater, right? Like Drinkwater, you're probably more worried that Drinkwater is going to score like 150, whereas, but he could equally go like pretty low, I think. Yeah, that's it. That floor is just definitely scary for Drinky. But, I mean, again, like, I'd I'd be interested to see your thoughts on this because I kind of think sometimes when you look at players and the fact that they play and have a good matchup in round 13, that sometimes to me actually, you know, not going to say it's worth twice as much points-wise, but, you know, 120 on a buy round is a better score than 120 on a normal round, right? I think that's pretty, that's not controversial, I'd say. And for that reason, like Titans, uh, he's a genuine, you know, vice captain option. First game of round 13. The Titans are missing, you'd think, at least Tino, Fodawaka, maybe Dave Feeder as well if he's back. So they're going to be weakened. And the Cowboys obviously lose a couple of guys too. But I just think there's a potential that Drinky could be one of the top five scorers from round 13. And then he rolls on to the Dragons, the Seagulls, obviously missing Turbo. The Broncos will be a massive game. But the Broncos are still fairly susceptible at fullback. So, you know, I kind of like that. And then if he goes well, like, I maybe don't have to cash him out. Like, he could just be my backup 5-8 for the season. Yeah, yeah. And he's got, like, fullback is a wasteland at the moment, right? Like, yeah. we've got... Well, Turbo's just waiting for Pappenhausen, right? <laughs> yeah, waiting for Pappenhausen. Turbo's injured, Pappenhausen's injured. Teddy's got this horrible draw going forward. So, like, I've got... I'm going to... Be playing Swali and Kula at at fullback this week, um, <laughs> which I never thought I would do, just because you know no one's around. Um, yeah. But but what that means, and, and I just want to touch on something you said there. You said points in the buy round are potentially worth more. Like to me, a point is a point is a point, right? Like yeah. it doesn't matter where you score them. Like I, I don't think they are worth more. But but the vice captaincy captaincy thing is really interesting, right? Because all as we said, all the Origin players are out. So all your normal kind of captaincy options aren't going to be there. The scores are going to be very low. If you can, and, and you're going to have a free shot at the vice captaincy and the captaincy because you don't, um, no one's going to have 17, right? Yeah. So so if you can jump on that one guy that scores 150 and either vice captain or captain that player and get 300 out of them, then that will be massive, you know? That's and, yeah. and that's, so that's, that's, that's where it's worth more. Yeah, that's pretty much my thinking. And I'm looking at, you know, the teams available for round 13. And like for me, Drinky and Manu are two of the highest ceiling guys that play that round, basically. Garrick would probably be in the conversation there. I mean, you could even look at the type, like the likes of SJ or Walsh, but you know, I mean, I find it really hard to trust the Warriors at the moment. Then you look at the Bulldogs, really there's no one there that could give you that ceiling. The Panthers... You know, on paper, yeah, like someone like a Taylor May probably still worth a good shout. Mm-hmm. But we saw last year they struggled when obviously their, their main halves are out and they don't have Burton this year and, and Burton still wasn't that good last year playing in the halves. So, you know, they're going to probably roll out Sean O'Sullivan and I think they're going to debut Kurt Falls. 
So yep. you know, you'd think that's going to just cap all the upside from the Panthers players. Maybe someone like a Billy Kikau will still be great because he could still get the ball and just run over a couple of guys and score. So, you know, there's not that many players I think have a genuine, you know, 120 plus ceiling that week. So for me, I want to get at least two or three of them that I can definitely have in there. So I have a viable vice captain and also a viable captaincy. Yeah, 100%. And look, it's going to be interesting. Like I think that, so we talked about Manu playing the Raiders, probably has a pretty big ceiling. Drink water against the Titans, that certainly looks like a juicy matchup. Um, the Panthers guys against the Bulldogs, sure, don't have the halves, but I mean, everyone has them anyway. But, you know, it's just a question of whether you'd vice captain any of them. And yep. then you've got Garrick up against the Warriors, who, like, on paper, that looks good. You know, maybe, maybe he can rack up a big a big score against them, but they're going to have, like, you know, no DCE. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously no turbo. Like, how well is their backline going to click? I can easily see that actually being, like, quite a low-scoring game, maybe, if it, you know, doesn't go to plan for the, for the Seagulls. It, it's going to be a... a... An ugly watch. I think we always forget how ugly the footy is in the buy rounds. One one guy that just comes to mind when I'm thinking about that is Josh Schuster. So yep. so he would go into the halves, right? So you'd have my assumption would be you'd have four and a half back and Schuster at, at five eighth, and he could be a guy that has a big ceiling against the Warriors at five eighth, even more so than at second row. Yeah, I mean it just depends where his match match fitness is, right? Because he's still getting games off the bench at the moment, and like let's face it, he's not in the best shape. You know, compared no. to some of the other players running around at the moment. But, like, surely if he plays 5'8", he'll play 80. Yeah, look, he could. But, you know, how much is he going to get into it? You know what I mean? Like, to to get into the work to, you know, is he going to run the ball, which he'll need to, or is he just counting on being able to, you know, no look past his way to try assist, line break assist, and, and things like that. You know, it probably still caps his ceiling if he's not getting stuck into the work. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, kind of interesting option, right? Like a bit of a left yeah. field one. Well, like before he got hurt and all this stuff went down, I kind of had Elias to Schuster at five eight penciled in as one of my options. But I just think if he's still coming off the bench, I'm gonna look. You know, I'm looking Drinky's way instead, basically. Would you consider? So I've got um, those four gun halves, gun you know inverted commas when you think about um, Cody Walker. Yeah. Would you consider doing Cody Walker to like a drink water? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I would have thought you'd still be able to put Drinky at, at, at fullback, right? Because if you that'd be ideal. and cooler there. I don't think I would though. Like Cody, for all for how poor the Rabbitohs are going, he's still got a fairly decent three and five round average because he's managed to get you know some junky attacking stats and you know that magic round he beat up the Warriors for forty minutes and then clocked off. <laughs> You know, he yep. got to te- take advantage of a 12-man Seagulls outfit a while back. And then, yeah, he's still getting the tracking stats because he has to. Like, they're not entirely useless, but there are certainly some concerns there for, for the Rabbitohs. Like, you know, I, I just think, you know, if they can finally get it together and they click, then Cody Walker would be great. I just, I'm seeing nothing to really suggest that it will click anytime soon. He went, for me, he went a bit backwards. Um, really? Okay. Like, like watching that game last week, he was he was actually terrible. Like basically every time he got involved, they turned the ball over. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like it that's was, fair. it was bad. It was like, yeah, it was really bad. Which is the only reason why I brought it up. But they still have a great draw coming up. Like we've been saying that for a long time. But it, the, the fact is, it, it continues all the way through past the round seventeen bye. Um, that's it. And you know he'll play in that in that round seventeen matchup against 
who are they playing? Someone the Knights. So yeah, exactly. Right, the, the draw keeps going. I mean, Titans, Dragons, the, yeah. the Eels in round sixteen probably not so good. But then yeah, round seventeen buy against the Knights, and then Bulldogs straight after that in round eighteen. Can't ask for much better, honestly. But then yeah, the run home is pretty brutal. Like Storm, uh, Sharks, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters, all you know, with the Warriors tucked into the middle there. So I think he's very clearly a post-round 18 sell for me. But, yeah, that 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 run up until round 18 is pretty golden. Yep. Um, a few other guys I want to talk about. So I brought in Nat Butcher last week, and he was he was great. Yeah. He just, like, got through a lot of work. Um, have you got any interest in him? I mean, if I had more trades, I probably would think more seriously about it. You know, he's got a lot of the the, the good uh, kind of attributes you're looking for around round 12 and 13, right? You know, negative or low break even, relatively cheap, good job security, could potentially give you, you know, 50, 60 fairly safely uh, in an important buy round. It's just I think every time you, dra- you, you trade in one of these guys, you're going to end up needing another trade to get him out later because we know he's not going to be a season-long hold. Yeah, um, even if you know he holds his spot for whatever reason, he's just not going to be a top eighteen, top nineteen guy for the run home. So you're going to need to get him out at some point. I, I feel like maybe last week was the right week to get him. I'm not sure you still want to get him this week because, I mean, he's he's definitely not that cheap still. Like four hundred, four hundred k is all right. I still don't he's, mind it this week to be honest. And I think, yeah. I think last week you kind of well. He might go back to lock this week. He might if Tupanua comes back in. Um, but you know, yep. you got a you got a kind of sense of that he's going to score pretty well. I think last week, so I I actually still don't mind it at four hundred k. I've already got him, as I said. I'd I'd be okay with people getting him in this week, and just just knowing, as you said, that it's going to be a two trade play. You're going to need to trade him to like a round seventeen guy. Um, two guys that are coming up on the most traded in list are Cobo and Madison. Both of those guys don't play round thirteen. They're, really, they're scoring really well. They're quite expensive now. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys? Like, have you got any desire to trade either of those two in now? And if you're saying this round, I'd say probably not, just because, like, as much as, like, I've got Matto, you know, penciled into my team coming up, so I do plan to get him in probably around 14 or 15. I'll have to play pay premium for him, but he looks like a genuine, you know, top four, top five, second rower, if not higher. At this stage, what I think if for plays, me it's more just sorry. What if he plays Origin? Would you still? Do yeah, that? well, that's it, and and I think at least you'll see if he plays in game one, um, mm-hmm. and you know that's probably a good sign. Like if he plays, let's say Cam Murray misses Origin and he still doesn't get a spot, then you know I'm pretty comfortable with that. Then, like it, it just depends what Freddie chooses, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'd probably avoid trading him in this week, not just because of the Origin factor, but also the fact that I'd still focus on probably getting round 13 coverage guys because I'd back whoever you trade in to score more in round 12 and 13 than Matto would in one week in round 12. So, But, but this is the old, uh, there's a trap here, right? It's it's like the way that <laughs> people think, we, we've talked about a lot of, about this on our podcast last year, but I haven't brought it up this year, which is if you think Matto's a keeper, right? And if you're comparing him to another keeper, then it doesn't matter whether he plays round 13 or round 17 because they're going to play the same amount of games. So yep. so comparing Maddo to Butcher is interesting, right? Because if you're going to get Butcher in, you're going to trade him out, right? So you might get Butcher in now, 
and then either trade Maddo in later on to get round 17 coverage or some other guy, some other keeper, theoretically, that's going to play round 17. But then you've got to factor in the fact that you're using an extra trade. If you're looking at Maddo compared to like, I don't know, maybe a Tohu Harris, and the idea is you're going to keep both of them, it actually doesn't matter because if you're going to keep both of them, the only difference is where you're losing a number, either in round 13 or round 17. Overall, your numbers are the same. Yeah, but I think the I, I look. I, I don't disagree with that reasoning at all. Uh, I, I think the only thing I would say there is that there's still a, a setup where you can get Tohu this week and get two rounds of worthless scores for him for the matters one, and then you can just get Matto in round fourteen for a lot of the round thirteen junk that you probably want to move out. So, you know, like I can see myself going Tui Polotto to Matto in round fourteen, and I'd be loving that because I've gotten the buy coverage. Tui Polotto probably maxes out in cash, and you know, I'd get someone else like like Tohu Harris and Joey Manu are my two potential trading options this week. So like I'd focus on both of those because I know I'll get two games from them. And as much as I want wanted Matto, like I'd be much more comfortable last week because I was looking very seriously at Matto last week. Getting scores from round 11 and 12 are much better than just round 12 when you've got round 13 right there. I think that's the closest you, the closer you get, the more likely I'm I'm going to hold off. If yeah, they're yeah. going to play one game and not play the week after, and then you can get him in the week after, even if you pay, you know, an extra 40, 50 K that's kind yeah. of how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Harris is an interesting one. Like, like where do you think he is coming back from injury? So l- last week he, his minutes increased a lot. Now they've got, you know, they've got more problems in front row with, with AFB out for a little while. How well do we think he's going to score? I mean, he's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be what we saw last year before he got hurt, but I still think he could be a very safe 60 to 65 average. I mean, he played 70 minutes last week, scored 56 in base and base attack on the second game back from his ACL. So I expect that work rate to improve and get better. I think it seems like he's already got the fitness to be able to play longer minutes. And especially with, you know, the the losses they've had with Lodge and obviously Fanua Blake getting hurt now. I mean, signing Dynamis Louis is not going to replace those minutes there. They're going to get Curran back, which is going to be huge. But I just think like the Warriors need his leadership on the field. And I just can see him very quickly getting back to 80 minutes. And I could, I mean, I'm expecting a 60, 65 average. Anything on top of that would just be a bonus. Yeah. He's been named at prop this week. Is that right? Or is he named at lock? He's named, uh, I think he's named on the edge. Uh, in oh, the 12 okay. jersey. but Which is weird because he never plays with edge. Well, that's it. Like I think he might, even if he starts there, it'll just be for 20 minutes and it'll be a lock for the rest of the game or something like that. Yeah. Because Murchie's been playing on the edge and he's named in the 13. So I kind of suspect he, maybe Torhu's just superstitious, doesn't like the number 13 or something. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, or the but code. there are legitimate or players the who do that. That's true. I can never get Harris right. Like <laughs> whenever I get him in my team, he like one thing like he's legitimately susceptible to head knocks. I know like there's, you know, you can argue if anyone's susceptible to anything, but like whenever I've had him in my team, he's had a number of head knocks. Um, last year I got him in right in time for him to do his ACL after he killed it all year. Like I just yep. can't get it right. Like if I get him into my team, he will get injured straight away. So he's he's one of those ones where I'm very kind of yeah, I'm a bit nervous about him, but I can see him being. Like he'll he's got a hundred plus break even this week. He'll 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 still be a little bit expensive, but he'll be maybe in the five sort of seventy k 
range next week and could be a very interesting trade in. Yeah, I mean, I think his break evens around that 110 ish mark, give or take. And for me, like, I kind of feel the points, you know, are uh, probably worth it. Even if he cops, you know, let's say if he scores 65, he might drop 40K or whatever. I feel most of us can absorb that kind of cash loss pretty easily. Like, we've made heaps of cash. There's more cheapies on the horizon with Karaz. Obviously, he's going to make a, bu- a bunch of coin as well. So, um, I'm not so fussed about, you know, 20, 30, 40K here and there. So to me, like the matchup is really good. I, I feel like there's potential for attacking stats for Tohu through the middle. And I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up this week. That's why I'm kind of, you know, my gut's telling me he's he's in the mix there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that all makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, you're right. The 30, 30K, whatever, that probably doesn't matter. Um, so, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be having a bit, a bit more of a closer look after this conversation. I mean, if if Cotter, <laughs> if Cotter plays Origin, I could do a straight swap from Cotter to to Tohu. Maybe. Do you think it's worth it though? Um, because I mean, I mean, I if Cotter plays he... Origin, he's going to miss both games. He might get rested. His minutes might not be as much. We know that Peyton, you know, is he seems to be wary of kind of overplaying his guys, and the more that. North Queensland sort of entrenched themselves in the top four. I think the more he's going to like look to kind of manage the workload of his key players. So, yeah, yeah I, I can see that. But I, I guess at the same time, you know, he's got that really handy dual position. I mean, for you, maybe it doesn't make as much sense given uh, I think you said you've got Grant and Cook already. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think maybe it's team specific. Sorry, maybe it's team specific. I do feel like there's definitely. Like I, I know a lot of people looking at Cam McInnes, like having Cotter and McInnes would be really handy, being able to swap between them as backup hooker and yep. you know, one of yep. your second rollers. 100%. But yeah, I just feel like probably Tohu's got more upside. Like I, I actually, despite the fact that I'm not sure how kind of strong and fit he is yet, like, you know, coming back off that injury, he was actually doing a fair bit of ball playing last week and and kind of almost put a couple of guys in holes which isn't really something I think Cotter's going to do much of. Like, Cotter's pretty meat and potatoes. So yep. there might actually be a bit more upside with, with Tohu as well. I don't know. That could be the kind of trade that, you you know, you actually want to avoid. This is kind of what we were talking about before. Like, you know, yeah. just, just don't muck around with bullshit sideways trades for one week. Um, Given, you know, those guys are such good players. So maybe maybe I should talk myself out of that. I'm not sure. I guess it just depends. Like, uh, uh, maybe the the player that might be a bit of example is like someone like Isaiah Yo, who's traveling fine, you know, it's going really well. Um, one of the better second row options, but we know he's going to play origin. He's going to get managed over the origin period. I would have no issues trading him to someone like a Torhu or, or whatever to get that extra game and, you know, not have to worry about the restings and, and things like that, that could potentially be there for him. But see, see, I agree with that, but I, I would apply the exact same logic to Cotter. Like yep. I said, I see if Cotter plays Origin, it's exactly the same. So I think if you're going to trade Yo out, you know, yeah, I can see I can see trading Cotter out if he gets picked for Origin as well. Yeah, no, you know, I think still got my fair. fingers crossed though that he does. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing I, I would say to that is Yo probably plays more minutes over, you know, in the Origin games, whereas Cotter, I mean, I expect if he makes it, it'll be as one of the bench options. He might not play that many minutes overall. That's true and, too. That's true too. So if, if he comes up, if he gets named on the bench and only gets twenty minutes, then maybe it doesn't impact him that much. 
Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because obviously he'll be a debutant and, you know, you'd expect him to not play that many minutes and, like, is it worth trading him out, basically? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, the way I try to make my team structured is I try to hang on to as many of these guys as I can, but uh, I'm trying to strengthen my team by building depth and trading out the cheapies as much as I can, which is why, like, with round 13, I've just, hang on, I've just hung on to so many of these cheap deadwood and rubbish that eventually will go out of my team and i'm not really like you look at my team or like starling pang guy like someone like aiken firm or they're probably fine to stick around with but you know these are guys i've had for ages for the most part i'm not actively going out and trying to get any more of the you know kind of like the middling options anymore i'm focusing yeah. on genuine season-long keepers and just otherwise cheapies <laughs> so so just on that and so it looks like you and I are both probably going to try and go into round 13 with like, say, maybe 13 playing guys, somewhere around about that number. Try not to trade out any of our keepers. So then you start thinking about round 17, right? Like what are your numbers going to look like for 17? Who's someone, you, you know, ideally you only want to bring in a guy for seven, for round 17 that you can hold through to the end of the season. This, yeah, absolutely. Like when, I, when I look at that, there's just not that many. Like you've got Madison might be one if he doesn't, doesn't play origin we already talked about madison you know like maybe someone like cobo but i'm not convinced that he's a season-long keeper and he might um, play origin anyway you might play origin anyway um i mean definitely pappy if he doesn't play origin he's won the sharks Hines like, in that same boat obviously yeah yeah Hines. but i'm assuming kind of everyone has him already and is going to hold on to him but sure. like you know mckinnis uh, multalo maybe for the sharks yep maybe but like I'm not 100% convinced that those, like Mulatalo, probably, McInnes, maybe a decent sort of 17th, 18th man. Yeah, like I think, you know, as far as final squad members go, like I'd be fine to have McInnes there as, you know, injury cover, someone outside my top top 17 most weeks. But mm. you know, he's always going to be a safe 50 plus score, pretty much. But you know what I mean, right? Like there's no one, there's not that many guys kind of calling out to you for, you know, that you're going to trade in for that round 17 buy that you're really confident holding. I mean, maybe maybe Campbell Graham if he doesn't play Origin, but I think he will. Yeah, or Zach Lomax. Maybe you know, Zach Lomax. Name up there for, Has he for done that. enough to tell you that he's going to be a season-long keeper? I mean, he's been pretty rubbish for most of a year, like form-wise, and yet he's scored pretty well for Supercoach. Yeah, I think and that it, says most of it for me. <laughs> so you're saying that you think he is? Yeah, like I think he's a genuine, you know, probably still top eight option at center wing. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's just off his best score of the year, scoring 93 and he's averaged 59 for the season. And they have had a hard, a hard draw like thus far until a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, and I feel like the Dragons, their draw does open up like, well, not, not all the rest of the season, but obviously pretty good this week for the Bulldogs. Uh, Cowboys off origin might be tough. Raiders, uh, sorry. Rabbitohs and Raiders, you know, jury's out on them. They'll get to take on the Broncos in round 17, missing the Origin players. So I, I assume that should be better. Although Dragons missing Hunt is not ideal either. Uh, mm. Then Roosters, Manly, Cowboys again, Sharks, Raiders, Titans. The, the last three rounds are pretty all right. Titans, Tigers, and I guess the Broncos, maybe if they're, they're legit, maybe not. So I, I guess the draw's not actually that good. Yeah, that's but, it. I'm more... Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's it's as good as you as you might think. I'm not, I'm not convinced on Lomax, but 
again, like it's going to be really interesting. Probably the center and maybe the second row is is the most interesting place because basically like the way my team structure is, is looking, like the halves are basically set, all four of them. The hookers are set. The half, the fullbacks, it'll be Pappy and, and you know, I'm not sure who my second fullback. I might even just run with something like Manu for the rest of the way home, but yep. maybe get Teddy back later on, not sure. But then, so, so then it basically becomes just about like, well, sorry, props as well. Pretty much everyone's going to have Isaiah Papali'i in the second spot. Maybe they've got like a Lola or a Haas or something. Probably doesn't matter yep. that much. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it becomes just about your center wing and your, and your second row, really. Like that, that's going to be the potty positions on the way home. And it's, you know, I think particularly in the center wing, there's maybe 10 guys you can choose from. Like, you know, your Lomaxes, your Campbell Grahams, your Mortalos, Talakai, May, all the, like, there's, there's a bunch of guys there. I'm not sure anyone, you know, Brian Toto for the run home, I guess. But none of them are really putting their hand up and saying, like, you know, we're the top three or four guys. It's it, That's going to be the position where I think there's the most variance. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. And I think that's why like, I don't mind having the option to maybe get some depth at center wing in particular. Like, I'll have my Aitken and Firma. Probably I'll hold them as long as I can because they're just going to be safe. You know, they got to, if there's a bad matchup, I'll just roll out a back rower. It'll give me anywhere from 40 to 60 points and, you know, jag the odd bigger score like Aitken has obviously done and even Furman managed an 80 plus or whatever. So, you know, I don't mind having that safety there. But then, you know, if it's at the run home and I've got trades in hand, I'll definitely be targeting some matchups and trying to use some trades on high upside center wings for sure. Just going for that, you know, 120 that week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What about um one guy I just wanted to touch on really quickly, and then we'll probably try and wrap this up. Xavier Savage. Have you got any interest okay. in him? I initially I was like, oh sweet, that'll be good. You know, I can fill out that back the the backup fullback spot that is a nightmare at the moment because you know I, I was thinking I'd have Pappenhausen and Turbo locked in and just hold them all season, but mm-hmm. obviously that's not working out. And I've got Teddy there still. And I think because of the Roosters draw, I'm most likely going to just trade him out over Origin as well, expecting a rest and things like that too. And so I've got a plan to get Pappenhausen in as soon as he's fit and ready to go. So that's, yeah. that'll be locking up one spot. But, but he's, he's dual now, right? It. You can get him in the center wing, can't you? Savage? Yeah. I don't Am think I, he did, is, is. Did he? I make that up? I think you did. They, oh, they I considered did. it. They considered it, but because he didn't end up getting named on the wing or in the final team list, I think he got put on the bench instead. Yeah, so he didn't get okay, that. Sorry. So he actually was... hasn't played that much on the wing so far. And oh, that's, that's yeah, not that the makes, part, is it? It makes it more difficult. I was yeah, so to me, I, I, could get him I think he's game. a no just because of that Ricky Stewart factor. I mean, as someone who has, has to deal with that, that was Tom Starling already. It's just been a nightmare. Like It's not fun. Every... Every week, just going, oh, what's going to happen in the final team list? Yeah. Is he going to get dropped? Is he going to get moved? Does he start? And yeah, I just if he has one, one bad game, then suddenly Rapana's back there. and Exactly. You know, and he's only got, what, five or six weeks anyway. And and he's actually, he hasn't set the world on fire yet anyway. No. But and he look, could he be the type play... of guy that scores 100 in round 13. Well, that's it. That, 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 that is the one thing I think about there. And, and it could be if you really need to downgrade someone to to play round 13 and free up coin through other two trades that week, Savage is not the worst option. That's for sure. But I just think there's definitely some risk there. 
I'd feel more comfortable if I had more trades in the bank to get rid of him afterwards. Mm. But because I've, I mean, one thing that we talked about this week on the Champions podcast was I've counted how many trades I need just to clear my round 13 junk. And I'm going to need to at least burn seven or eight trades just doing that. So the last thing I want to yeah. do is add more to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to that uh, number so you know with only 21 trades left and probably 19 after this week I'll be looking at you know 12 11 trades pretty much for you know round 17 onwards and that like that's to get you know maybe three or four trades in round 17 for buy coverage and then afterwards having to fix up my final team round 18 19 so I could end up with like four trades for for you know six rounds and that terrifies me <laughs> so i I'm, I'm counting those trades going I, I need to be more disciplined i need to stop looking at these cheap options to to roll in there i don't really need the the cash anymore uh having said that i'm getting karaz just because he's he's i mean is there a world where karaz ends up a, a top six center wing <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know, I know playing, for, playing for the bulldogs i don't think so but, no, but looking at that first two weeks, like his work rate is legit, you know? Oh, yeah, it's like, been really good. I mean, he could be like the kind of guy you just hold on to as like a sixth or seventh center wing. And like, you know, if we get like injury ravaged at the end of the year, he might not be the worst player. I mean, I'm playing him this week. I'm bringing him in and playing him. Same. Um, what's your second trade this week? So, yeah, so Turbo to Karaz, and then it just depends who I want to trade out. But I could end up going... Uh, like if Tass doesn't get a spot, I'll probably trade him out and upgrade him to either Joey Manu or, like I said, Tohu Harris is probably the other guy I'm looking at. Yeah, okay. I want to hold on to Tass because he's um, like I think he'll get a run in round 17, and he's still at a really low break even. So like ideally, I'd like to hold on to him, but I can see why you trade him. I think I think he's going to get a run at some point. Um, yeah. all right. I mean, I'm hoping he he ends up playing because Milne gets ruled out or something like that anyway. Yeah, exactly. For that, and that's the case. Like, I do have Jack Howarth, who I started with. He was my nuff, and I I might just move him on because I've got so much. Like, I've got eight hundred k after trading to Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Howarth, Howarth on an extended bench though. Like with the way Sevy's going, maybe Howarth gets a run soon. I know, and if that's the case, then I'll just cop it, and maybe in round fourteen, I'll trade Burbo to Howarth, or or, you know, he'll be a down. He'll still be a bottom dollar, so I end up downgrading back to him. But this way, I still get round thirteen coverage, and then I could ditch, you know, round thirteen junk to downgrade back to the guy I already had. I know it sounds weird, right? But in my head, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I actually did think about that. Like, if Tass gets a run later on, or something like that, you could, or, or even how, if you could trade trade them back in if you have to. Um, all right, uh, I just want to give a shout out to a couple of things. I think we'll wrap it up there pretty much. Um, so Polly, my my sometimes collaborator. Um, <laughs> He's flying, he's, right? Yeah, he's into 59th position overall. So I've got to give him a massive shout out. He's doing very well. Hopefully we'll get him back on the show soon and he can uh, talk us through his uh, path to glory. Um, in the Search and Quarry Unlimited group, which is 114781, um, Polly's actually in second. The Scrum and Cokes, Stephen's team, is uh, in first place there, 55th overall. So that's that's pretty good. Very nice. Um, and good friend of the show, Kirk, who is, you know, long-time... Uh, He's in, he's been in our cash head head league for forever. Um, he's actually in ninth spot overall, and you know uh, that's pretty exciting for him. I don't even think he's that that much of a serious super coach player, but somehow he just finds himself in the top ten. So there you go. 
Um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I assume he's a he's just a head to head player, right? Yeah. Well, traditionally, yeah. But I think he's suddenly thinking a lot more about overall. Um, <laughs> as you would. As you would. Uh, finally, who's your like? Do you know who you're captaining and vice captaining this week? I think I'm going to captain, and it seems weird, but I'm actually considering cap- captaining Teddy. Yeah. Um, okay. Just like I'm looking at the matchups, going. You know, a lot of the best guys are playing early, so I'm probably going to vice captain one of Grant, Munster, or Cleary, and then from there, oh yeah, I'm looking at the rest of my matchups. There's not that many who play late that have a really good, strong matchup. So, you know, I was, I think Teddy, you know, he he's been definitely better, and I'm not convinced by the Sharks. I actually think the Roosters win this week. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I I think the Roosters. Could certainly win this week. I mean, none of the matchups are that good, which is why it's an interesting question. I, I, I'm waiting for kind of Cleary to explode, and maybe, you know, maybe this is the week. I know the, the Cowboys have been very good, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if Cleary puts on a big score. So I think he'll probably be my vice captain. Um, I can't captain Hines though if I do that because I've got them both in the halves. So yeah. I'm not sure who would be my captain in that world. It might be. <sighs> That's what I mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> no I don't that's, actually yeah. know who it's going to be. I'd be like, honestly, like Vice Captain Grant, Captain Cleary might be an option too, honestly. Something like that. Yeah, or Vice Captain Munster. Captain yeah, one of those two, basically. Captain Cleary, yeah. That could be so I actually think the Storm might actually have one of the best matchups this week. Yeah. I fear yeah. for the Seagulls, basically. Yeah, they're not, they're not <laughs> looking great, are they? And right. playing, going down to play Melbourne in Melbourne, not fun after off the back of two losses. Melbourne just look a bit of a – I mean, they'll be better with Hughes back, but they, they just yeah, don't look good. I think that'll make a huge difference. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're a busy man um, with many, many podcasts to record. <laughs> but um, it was great having you on again. And, um, yeah, yeah, good luck for the rest of the year. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Always fun. Um, always really interesting. And I love to get your insights and stuff. So I've got some things to think about too. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye. See ya.